Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today we are going back to the future. What was old is now new. What is new is now old. What is played out is now hot. What is hot is now played out. We're going to be talking about lead conversion, right? These things that we want so desperately, the things that we bug marketing for, we wish we had better leads, but then we as salespeople don't treat the leads the way they deserve to be treated. And this applies to inbound and to outbound. And what we've seen over the years is this drastic focus on speed with no focus on success, which is why I'm so excited to have Stephanie Valenti on the show with me today. She's the CRO over at Smart Bug Media. She's an advisor at Hash Adventure. She's an advisor at GTM Fund. She's the Dean of Sales for Pavilion. She teaches forecasting for Pavilion. She gets with the CRO school. Basically, she knows her stuff from an inbound and outbound lead conversion perspective. So we're going to dive in on what we should be doing to convert more leads to meetings and deals. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Katie, for having me. Excited to be here. I can't believe we waited this long. I know. We were joking before we started recording. I was like, how? Like, like true. Okay, true story, true story. I went back into the podcast. I was like, have I really not? Because right before I sent you the message of like, it's time, I was like, what if I already did and I forgot? Like, how bad would that be? look right so i did so i don't know why it took us so long we you know we even got to meet in person this year like all the things so here we are so let's talk about this right i asked you the topic and immediately we're like there's things that we used to do that we've gotten away from that i think are coming back so talk to me a little bit about that as a mindset and then we're going to get tactical as we go through it 
Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I started to think about my experience when I was an individual contributor and we don't need to talk about my age today, but I'm going to tell you that was a really long time ago. Right. And so I think about what did I do to drive success? I was in business development. Um, we didn't have BDRs back then and SDRs, So you were driving it all the way to completion. Right. And then handing it over to an account manager. And I'm thinking I, I didn't have sequences I was sending out and I was picking up the phone and the emails I did send were all custom written by me based on the insights that I have bound. I sent mailers in the mail. Mm -hmm. I sent gate crashers. I dropped off business cards and gate crashers at the reception desk. Like I did all of these old business development tactics and I had this wild success. And then as I lead people today, I'm not training them to do those things, right? As we get into like my management uh, career and my VP career, and then even the CRO career, because we've adopted these new methodologies, but now all of a sudden people are overloaded with the amount of emails that we get that are so templatized and non-personalized. Um, we've got to try old tactics again. And so that was the thought. KD is like, where's the door knockers, right? Where's the customization? And how are we treating our leads um, so that they do convert um, the way we need to? And you can't throw them in a sequence anymore. You just can't. I just, I have said this so many times on stage and on podcasts and to my own sales team. I said, if all it took were templated emails to book meetings, I wouldn't need salespeople. And it's, I, I just, I don't understand why that's so hard to comprehend where we have salespeople out there just loading things up and thinking that's their job. If sending templated, you know how cheaply I can send templated emails? I don't need sales rep for that. And so I love this thought process of looking back at like, you know, what are things that used to work and how can we bring them back? So let's talk about this idea of customization and personalization first. I think that's one of the first and easiest places um, that people miss is truthfully, especially on inbound, which I know like is a primary focus for you. But I like literally I get hardly any personalized outbound. I never get personalized inbound, meaning things I've opt in for, they're all templates. So talk about personalization and customization right now. What are you seeing? What do you think needs to be done to improve this? Yeah, you know, it's something we're talking about right now at SmartBug because we are 80, 90% inbound, um, hand raisers, form fells, right? Everything is converting into an SQL for our teams, which is initial call, but we're not treating them the way that we need to, right? Especially from a personalization standpoint, you raise your hand, I'm going to send you a vidyard, right? This is what my team's doing right now. That's pre-recorded that oh. talks about, oh yeah, that talks about why us and click the button below to schedule your initial meeting. and. Our conversion's okay, right? People are getting to that initial meeting, but do they continue on from that initial meeting the way that they should? Because have we, I, like, so we can go into discovery and, mm -hmm. and what that means prior. But one of the things we've been talking about is, okay, you send that video and then they don't click. What's your next? Are you just doing a templatized follow-up? Are you throwing them into a sequence until they say yes? That's the old way right? Mm -hmm. That's the old way. But on a hand raiser, why not take a second, 
Why not utilize the tools that you have, such as Zoom Info, right? Why not go research the company a little bit, understand what they do, customize a message saying, I know that you inquired. This is why I think that we should meet, right? And then provide that simplicity of scheduling. And so those are some of the things we're talking about is slowing down to speed up our deal process um, is key. That's key. So th- those are one of the, that's one of the things that I really want us to start implementing. Yeah, no, I'm like one, that's one of my favorite f- phrases. And any of my managers listening right now would know that slow down to speed up. Cause we talk about that all the time, but what was interesting, right? Like I am, you know, outbound through and through, right? I have been my whole life, but I think because of that, my inbound teams are machines because we apply the outbound methodologies to the inbound process. It's like, wait, 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 wait. This person raised their hands and we don't personalize for them? That's exactly who we should. Wait, 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 this person inbounded and we don't send them a vidyard, but we do for outbound? Like these are the, we cannot afford to miss there. And I, I love that idea. Like we called it inbound to outbound too for some of my larger orgs. Okay, one person inbounds, we're about to go outbound to the other people in that company, right? Use it as a trigger yeah. of like, there's something happening at this company, inbound to outbound and do both at the same time. And so I think that personalization, now actually real quick, can you get tactical on what good personalization looks like? Cause I do think too, yeah. people think like, oh, well, I, Stephanie, I am. It says, hey, Stephanie, I saw you're the CRO at Smartbug Media. <laughs> think like, and I I am, I did personalize. Can you talk just real quick about true personalization? Yeah. Yeah. So I think when I think of personalization, I go 50% person, right? Personalization is person. And then if you're selling into B2B, 50% know what company you're selling into. And you need to be able to layer those things into your reach out. So for example, I used Zoom Info as an example. We can talk even LinkedIn, right? But take that moment, go ahead and look at where did they go to school? Do you have anything in common with them? Do you have common connections? In Zoom Info, how many locations do they have as an organization? What's one of their mission statements that maybe your company also aligns to? Um, What's something fun that they posted recently that you can pull from? And integrating those into the communications is key. So for example, if I say, hey, KD, saw you were on LinkedIn the other day really talking about how do you speed up um, deal velocity in a tight economy. Um, And I want to talk to you about how my software may be able to solve that problem for you. Um, I saw your company's growing. They've grown blank percent year over year. Um, Also love to hear more about how you're doing that. Want to schedule a time to chat next week? Does Wednesday work? Right. But but that's taking in stuff about you, stuff about your organization, layering it together and making it truly personalized. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. I think people forget. Right. Like it's personalization, meaning only that person should be able to read it and it makes sense. Right. So I saw your post on your website. You mentioned your CEO. That's also the thing that I think people miss with personalization is. They think it has to be only about, well, what if Stephanie's not active on LinkedIn? Is their CEO active? Is there is any executive no. there active, right? <laughs> like what are the things that are being talked about at that company? So, okay. I love that one because I do like, I can't wrap my head around when people, cause it just drives me nuts. So I was like, well, we can't do personalization at scale. So we just don't do it. It's like, 
personalization wasn't supposed to scale. It was supposed to work. And you're making it harder on yourselves when you remove it. So I think that's one old school tactic that's coming back. Let's go to the next one, right? You listed off a few there, right? You know, you mentioned getting creative, sending things in the mail, knocking on some doors. Like what's that next old school tactic that should become new school again? Yeah. Um, how about picking up the phone? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I don't want I don't want to lose all my listeners here, Stephanie. Like yeah, okay, let's see where this is going. You mean pick up the, the phone, like the, the 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 cellular telephone? Okay, talk to me about this. Yeah, yeah. So if I rem- if I think back, I we had call days, right? Which mm-hmm. were our days for making appointments. They were every Thursday, and it was a day that some dreaded. And man, I loved call day. I started my day with two Red Bulls. Um, I got in there, I got my list going and I was ready to just start hitting the phones, hitting them hard. Um, and, but in these phone calls, like you started to have such a sequence in your reach out, right? So I would make a hundred dials with a goal of 15 appointments for first appointments. But then when I didn't, I'd hit them in three weeks, right? And put them in that next three week schedule. And so I'd have these buckets. So you, even when you didn't get people on the phone, you started building relationships, right? Of the Mm -hmm. funneled stuff like, oh, it's me again. Like, are you sure you don't want to schedule a meeting this time? Right? That personalization, that fun um, and creativity that you would bring into it. Um, Today, it's different. And I want to make sure that I'm Saying up front, this is a different environment. I was picking up a office phone that was that was not internet voice streaming, right? I was dialing people in their offices, not on their cell phones, right? And we do have advancement in technologies, but I'll tell you what, as a CRO that gets, I'm going to say I probably get 30 emails a day of someone trying to sell me, if not sometimes upwards to 50, I maybe get one call a month a mm-hmm. month. So no one's picking up the phone. And I've looked in Zoom info, my cell phone number's in there. <laughs> yeah, my, I mean, you're, you're luckier than I am. My phone's constantly being blown up. And it's like, but it's, you know, it's the auto dialers. I can tell because I answer from time to time. And there's that delay dead. Call's already done. When that delay is there, I already know it's from an auto. You didn't call me on purpose. You called me from a list. And that's, that's it. Right. Yeah. And so... So, I mean, let's talk about this further, right? If we think about, okay, well, why people don't, why don't reps pick up the phone, right? You know, there's, there's the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. There's the belief that no one answers. So kind of how do you approach that angle of like, all right, well, how do we either one help people not be afraid or well, 70, yeah, you only get one call, but do you answer it? You don't answer cold calls, so then why should I be calling you? So, like, let's talk about the reasons why people don't make calls yeah. and see if we can't give them some clarity there. Yeah, I think you hit it. It's uh, most of it's fear. And it's because if we look at, and I know this is something you're very passionate about, but if we look at sales training for new reps coming into their first time sales role, they are not getting the training that we used to back in the old school days, right? Mm-hmm. So, I got my first sales role, they shipped me off to a two week training in person with scripts and role playing out loud in front of a classroom, right? Where I had to get uncomfortable with my peers 
And then when I returned back to the office, I got thrown on the phone and I got set a goal and they would coach me through it. Now we didn't have the gongs of the world then. So it was in person, right? But I I would be coached through and it would be like, no, pick up the phone. Like you're going to make this appointment. You have these dials to make today. And when you put it in a competitive environment where you're, you're competing, there's gifts, there's fun associated with it. It starts to become something that you look forward to. But I would say it's fear and lack of training and lack of management telling people like and holding them accountable to actually doing it. A lot of leaders are like, oh, I don't care how you get your appointments. I'll just look at it later. And then all of a sudden they're not making their meetings. And you're like, well, why? Right. You always start with activity. And I think people forget that they've forgotten that they've given too much flexibility to someone that hasn't earned the flexibility yet. Oh, yes. Y'all rewind it 10 seconds and listen to that again. Flexibility is earned. You earn flexibility. You earn the right to be able to go outside the lines from time to time. But you have to earn it. There is, there is, there's way too much of this. Well, we don't want to tell people what to do or we don't want to micromanage them. It's like, it's not micromanagement if what you're asking them to do will get them results. It is micromanagement if what you're asking them to do has nothing to do with anything. But to that point, the in-person, the scripting, the repetition, but also I like it's funny that that sit down, your manager sat down next to you and you made 20 calls in a row. There was, there was none of this like, all right, I'm gonna go hide in a corner somewhere. Like, you did it. And there's so much of that that I think does need to come back in a way. Cause interestingly enough, so I'd always run like in-person teams. I think like my largest team was just under 200, um, at, at patient pop. And, you know, then the world changed, right? All of a sudden I got, you know, 170 people on five different floors and two buildings in the office all day, every day to remote. And for the most part, we didn't see much disruption. Like we were very system based as was. So like things actually did pretty well. But the only metric I could not get back to where it was originally, the only one, every other metric I got back or above once we were remote was ramp time. Mm. And that's me, like with all the resources and all the training and all the things that I commit to that, I ramp time almost doubled and I tried everything to bring it back. My SDRs went from just under three to just under five. My AEs went from just under four to up to six back to, but like that in-person learning, I just, I've yet to find a way to replicate it as well remote. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. I mean, learning in a group environment is not the same over Zoom when we can have distractions both all around us, right? You're not learning that way. Um, So yeah. Yeah, great points. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough, it's a one. tough one. And I don't have a solution other than organizations maybe that says something and do you invest in in-person trainings again? Do we bring that back? I think like, it's worth a discussion. Probably a whole other probably a whole nother podcast, KD. All this money that we're saving on real estate right now. Like that's what like I when I left on Patient Pop, it was in like my manifesto. I was like, Honestly, if I'm y'all, I take that money that we're saving from like the the leases that we're getting out to and all new hires are flown in for a week to two weeks, their first three months. 
Yep. And they go, they're in person learning for one week to two weeks at a time, their first three months to get to that point. Because I do think it's that important for learning. I really yeah. like at this point, I've gotten to experience both. I've got a large enough sample size to know whether or not there's differences there. So now nah, it's, it's true. And again, those are old school training tactics that I think would apply better yeah. to the new school. Enough of this sitting behind gong and sitting behind sales loft to then listen, yeah. like go sit next to your person. And you can do that virtually too, by the way. That's the great yeah. thing about Zoom is we can hop on a Zoom together and you can make calls and I'm there. Yeah. Like you can do it. Yeah. So I love that. All right. So first old school personalizing. It's so weird that we have to call these old school. God, <laughs> old school personalizing, old school, picking up the phone. Let's go to this next level. I heard mailing, I heard mailing <laughs> of things. I, what's what's the mail, Stephanie? Talk to me about this. <laughs> Old school snail mail. Yeah. So we had a methodology in which when you had to make your 50 dials, after you attempted that phone call, you filled out a, a mailer, right? And that mailer was a greeting card. It had a catchy saying. Um, and you hand wrote um, something about their company, your company. So think about the personalized message. You're doing that in a mailer um, and letting them know that you are going to be reaching out to set a meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So what we would do is we had followed Sandler methodology, right? So then you use that mailer as your um, pattern interrupt, right? Did you get the card I sent you? When the receptionist would stop you, are they expecting your call? Yes, they are. You're not lying. You said you were going to be reaching out and they received your card, right? So we would plan those and then reach out um, a week later from the card sent to make sure they received it, opened it, etc. Um, but so it kind of goes into personalization, but it also goes into how are you getting creative and trying something new and giving them a reason why you are calling outside of what you're and that's like, I sent you something, right? Can you respond? We do that a little bit with Sendoso now, right? We're offering gifts. Um, the things I've been offered for a meeting, right? Like some of that's questionable sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, but imagine just doing a mailer, right? That's handwritten from you. I think like one of the things I begged for my, um, my area sales manager then was, can I please have a really cool pack of Sharpies so that I can write my mailers in different colors? Like, crazy, but it worked. Yep. Yep. I am a huge believer in direct mail. I have done it at every org, every org Ooh, that okay. I have led every single one. And to one of the reasons why, like I have actually found very little correlation to success of what is offered versus like there's two buckets there, but why I think direct mail works, you said it and I just want to make sure people catch it. I think direct mail works well because it gives the rep a reason to call. Mm -hmm. Something got delivered. I call like there's a reason to call. So it gives me some confidence picking up that phone back to your earlier point of like, well, what, how do I pick it up? Well, they just got something to deliver to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so direct mail was huge for all of my works, every single one. And one of the things that we also did that I don't see anybody do is multi-send direct mail. Mm. We sent more than one thing oh, yeah. to a prospect. So I have more than one reason 
to follow up. I've got more than one reason to make that phone call, right? And putting yeah. things in front of them, right? More than once, right? And it could be cheap. One was a squishy ball for stress. Yeah. The next week's a Rubik's cube for figuring things out, right? These, they don't have to be expensive, yeah. but there are reasons. So like, what was, let's do this just as a question. What's been the best thing you've gotten via direct mail? And then what do you think has been one of the most successful things you've sent via direct mail? Yeah. So best thing um, that I've gotten from direct mail was from um, HubSpot. Okay. Um, now it was pricier because it was a thank you, right? For be me being a part of a group, an advisory group, but it was a tree, like a living grown tree. <laughs> and it yeah. said, let's grow together. I'll take, oh, yeah. I'll take that. That was cool. Oh, it's yeah. still alive. Like I'm, I'm growing that thing. I'm growing that thing um, that I've sent not as cool. Right. But mm -hmm. if I, when I had said like gate crashers, that terminology, old school terminology was kind of like what you're talking about with a squish ball and whatever. And we had gotten these really um, ugly little square cardboard boxes that mm -hmm. had print on the outside and we could put whatever we wanted in them. Now the organization gave us branded things that were kind of lame, right? So we would instead go out and buy Hot Wheels and um, like, oh, I've done so many crazy things. The Hot Wheels ones, like I would draw on the inside of it and had said, let's speed towards savings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So corny, right? Like so corny, but we would sit on the ground, fill out all these gate crashers and mail them in the mail. And man, did those work. People laughed. They always sent me an email thanking me. And so just that creative, you know, that creative fun. We could go a full hour on on yeah. just direct mail alone, but um, shout out Andy Mackinson. Andy Mackinson was the CMO at Human and Snack Nation early in my career, and we we geeked out on direct <laughs> mail. We sent we literally we had like we would always send four right there'd be four cents. One point one of our fours was actually a plastic trash can. And the letter was inside the trash can. Oh, and so yeah. the whole point was like, you were going to throw it away anyway. So we took the first step for you. <laughs> right. We used to send big while you were out notices. So it showed up in a huge tube with a penny in it. So you're like, what is in here? You pull out this big while you were out notice. Kevin Dorsey tried to call you about da 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 da, -da. Call so back bad. here. Like, dude, we had a blast and that stuff worked so well. But that's too old school now. Right, like, old school now. No, I just need to, you know, I just need to send a templated video to go yep. through. So, yep. Okay, we're checking these off. So we got personalization, check. Phone, check. Mailing, check. The last one that I want to harp, not harp on, but like hear from you and then see where else you take it is, you also kind of mentioned this idea of like knocking doors, like going in person. How are you seeing that play out now in a place now where, you know, not only are more employees remote, but then who they're targeting is remote. So it's a little bit different where I could land in SF three years ago. I have 15 meetings lined up because they're all in the same place. Now we're kind of remote. So how are you seeing kind of this, this face to face or door knocking work in a now more virtual world? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, if I think back, very few people had inside sales jobs, you almost thought of inside sales as a lower level than outside sales. It's like where you started or it was call center almost, right? And that has completely changed and evolved. Very few people do outside field sales anymore at all. 
-hmm. And COVID changed that drastically. But even before that, we were getting some transition. Yeah. And so I think it's gone all the way over here right? Like all the way, everyone's inside, everyone's on video. We didn't really do video when I was in outside sales. It wasn't an option. And so technology has forced that on us a bit and made that available. Um, But I do think there's an element of in-person that you can't replace with video. You just can't. And so can we still door knock? Can I do canvassing days? Like I used to ask if I could get in my car I didn't have Zoom info, right? So I used to ask if I can get in my car, bring a pad of paper, this is not a joke, (laughs) and write down every company I saw on the signs, every single one. I would have pages and pages. Sometimes I'd ask my husband to drive just so I could write all of them down. Now, I worked for a company you could sell into any industry, any company, right? So it was a little bit different. But every single one, pages and pages and pages, Is that helpful still? I mean, you can go look up exactly what your ICP is and get a list like that in the technologies that we're enabled with today. So that's where old school maybe a little bit needs to stay um, in old school. Um, But I don't think in person needs to stay old school. Um, You know, there are final pitch presentations. There are still plenty of people that go to the office multiple times a week, if not full time. And understanding if that's something that your um, that your client um, is in office, like asking that question and pushing your leadership for a budget to be able to do final pitch in person. My guess is that your win rate might have um, some positive momentum from being able to do that. You really set yourself apart. And I I am, KD, starting to see it a little. Like we, for the first time um, at SmartBug, were in a competitive deal. And we had heard that the person we were, the other competitive agency, um, had flagged the client out um, to their office to do final pitch. And uh, guess what? We didn't win that one. Right. No, it's it's huge. And I do. I think people are sleeping on it a little bit right now. Like, oh, well, we're remote. We can't. And it's like, no, you're just not being creative enough. Right. You're not asking that question. You're not thinking like, is that worth a six hundred dollar flight and the six hundred dollars on hotel? Probably is, depending on this, the deal size. But yeah. also we would do city swarms. So it's also it works very well for prospecting where, OK, we are going to fly into New York in a month and a half. So you spend a full month prospecting into Manhattan to set breakfast, lunch, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, lunch. We would set 10 to 15 meetings for a week. Easy. Every time. Because like, hey, I'm only going to be in town for a week. Could I take you out to lunch? Hear how you're doing things over there. Worst case scenario, you got a free lunch out of it. But I'm only here for a week. Is there any way you can squeeze me in? And we're scheduling it a month out. Yeah. We would stack an entire week and then show up three meetings a day face to face. And that still works, right? We did this even, you know, at, at Patient Pop where, you know, if we were in town for an event, well, best believe that we are hitting everybody around that event. Yes. The prospect as well. Hey, we're going to be here. Don't know if you're going to be there, but let's grab dinner. Like it's uh, in person can still work. Y'all like what's happened, unfortunately, with all this focus on speed is people have gotten less creative. Everyone yes. just does the same version 
Everybody is looking for the silver bullet as opposed to how can I be different? Like yeah. quick tip y'all, by the time you're starting to see it on LinkedIn, it's probably not working as well anymore. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there as an idea of like by the time everyone's like, oh, this is, you know, how have you been as an intro or 27 seconds in your intro? By the time you're seeing it there, it's time to do something different. So, so we're at 30 right now. I'm gonna give you one more. What is one more old school that you wish came back that would have an impact on inbound lead conversion, outbound lead conversion? Like, what's one more? old school that should be new school again hmm. man what i've got one? i've got one i've got you, one, you have one. what is it okay. i'll throw out one what happened to dress and sharp oh, oh my gosh that is such and a hot go. topic for me right and now go. Here oh we go. my gosh so so yes old school i had to wear heels you were not allowed to wear heels, by the way, I don't know how right that is today, but was was women, we had to wear heels. Um, you had to wear dress slacks or a dress and you had to wear a blouse, right? And you had to be done um, going in, you had to have your pad folio, right? Like ready to take notes. Like there was a thing you had to pull together. Today, I get on calls and I get it's remote but I'm telling you what, I see people with like ripped t-shirts with stain on stains on it. I see people that don't wash their hair. People are munching on something. I've never met the salesperson before, by the way. Like this isn't a casual conversation between friends. There is a huge amount of professionalism that's just kind of gone. And I get I get that we are selling to humans and so we need to be human and we need to look human. You don't need a black jacket. Right. But combing your hair and brushing your teeth and um, not eating on a sales call or is probably some good expectations to put in place. Yep. Yep. Like that's that's one where I'm aligned with you. This is not about, you know, suiting up and blazer and, you know, power pants and all that. But like we're salespeople and we're professional. Mm-hmm. And I do see that as something that, you know, is missing a little bit is this idea of like that I need to show up. Yes, you're working from home. And yes, you can work in your PJs all day long. But when you're going to be on video with a prospect, I do believe that the way you show up to that matters, yeah. you know, showing up in a hoodie, showing up in just a T-shirt, showing up, you know, like whatever. I, I don't know. Like. No data around it, nothing around it. But when I think old school, that could be new school again. Is like the worst case scenario I can't think of. You you show up dressing, you know, sharp. The person goes, no, no, nope, not going to do business with you. You wore a polo, and I only do business with people in sweatshirts. Like that's not going to be the case. But when you're sitting, especially AEs, when you're pitching to executives who are older than you, yes. You have to remember who you're pitching to. Yes. Right? Now, early in the sales cycle, Stephanie shows up to, she's a prospect. She shows up to that call and she's in a hoodie and a backwards cap and whatever else. Then maybe you have a little bit more flexibility and call to, to be a little bit lighter. Yeah. But like that, that was, I was hoping that might get a, oh. a, 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 like a little, little riled up because that was the I'm last right, one. Right, I was right like, there. What? <laughs> No, to just sharp. Like I'm sitting here. I'm I'm in my home office right now. Still wearing jeans. I got my my blazer yeah. right. Like I'm, yes, yes, the black hat's always there. But like yeah. I'm gonna show up for this, yeah. and yeah. I just 
I think we've lost that. We did this for my sales orgs um, in Santa Monica. At least once a month, we did Thai Tuesday. I like it. Once a month. And like we, that, we dressed up that day. And funny enough, and you can actually ping some of the people that were there for it. One of my favorite days in my entire tenure at Patient Pop is we had like blown out our number in a quarter and I gifted the entire team with headshots. I love that. I gifted the entire team with headshots, got a professional photographer to come in. That one get like really good. And everybody dressed up. Yep. And like just oh, the vibe of the office that day, like the hooting and hollering of like, you know, people they'd never seen like with their hair done or dressed up like, oh, Mikey, like, yo, like it just, oh, oh it I was one of my favorite days ever because everyone was in there looking yeah. sharp and you do, you carry yourself a little differently. You just I wonder you just, if there's not data on like the confidence going up and therefore your results also right. following. There could be something there. It it is, and there it goes both ways, right? There's and this is what people get tricked all the time. There's comfort and there's confidence. You might be more comfortable in your yoga pants, your slippers, and your tank top. You might be more comfortable, but when it comes to exuding confidence. Mm-hmm. That oftentimes is a different thing. Sorry, my dog's losing mine. One second. Uh, of course, per- he got hype. He got hype. He got um, excited. Can you hear him? I don't know. Oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, he's being a monster. All right. So as we wrap here, right, the name of this podcast is Live Better, Sell Better, right? Because I have this weird idea that if we took better care of ourselves, if we had more confidence, if we had more energy, enthusiasm, passion in life, that the sales would also improve. What would your live better advice be for people listening? My live better advice is at the end of the day, it's just sales. And uh, one of the things that has made my success, when people ask me the question, like, what's made you successful? It's I've always taken risks, always. Because at the end of the day, if you can live with the worst thing that can happen, what's the risk? Right. So that's my guidance is take a chance, say yes, dive in. Um, and and that will help you live better and ultimately sell better. I love it. And you connected the dots at the end. What are you, some sort of professional? That was smooth. That was well done. Right? <laughs> it's funny. One of my um mantras and one of my affirmations is there is no worst case scenario. Yeah. There is no worst case scenario. And that's something of guiding decisions. Like, yes, you need to think through risks, but like the worst case rarely ever happens ever. And if it does more often than not, we actually are pretty good at getting around it. Right. So this was phenomenal. Old school is with Stephanie. Where can people find you? Where are you putting out content? How can they get more of a Lenti in their life? Yes. So I am pretty active on LinkedIn, um, mostly talking about inspirational guidance, leadership, um, very little marketing content or anything like that from me. Um, Just a very authentic way to connect. Um, I am always happy to connect with people there. Send me a message. I always respond personally. I don't have anyone managing it for me. So you can reach out there. Um, In addition to that, I do put out content for SmartBugs. You can always check us out on SmartBug Media if you want more inbound marketing content to learn how to grow. Um, outside of that, very heavy, heavily involved with Pavilion. So if you are on Pavilion, you can hit me up there in Slack and I will also personally respond. Oh, yes. Well, I appreciate you. This was everything I wanted it to be and more because I'm an old soul at heart as well. So anything old school to me is still useful. <laughs> I appreciate you, Stephanie. This was phenomenal. <laughs> 
So much fun. Thanks, Katie.